Welcome to the Matt Morgan Coaching Podcast. The fact that you're listening means you're ready to be inspired and empowered to take your life, love, and leadership to the next level. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's Matt Morgan, and in this episode, we are talking about sex, baby. And I personally am probably most excited about this one almost out of all of the episodes that we've been doing. And so the reason why I'm so excited is because I'm going to do less of the talking, more of the interviewing. And today I have with me uh, Jaya and her partner Ian. And you guys get this. So Jaya has actually been what's called a sexologist. Now there's a title. For the last, (laughs) what, two decades? Two decades. Over two decades now. It's crazy. It's incredible. And you know, one of the things Jaya is, she has this incredible book called Red Hot Tide. And the tagline is a head-to-toe handbook for mind-blowing orgasms. If you don't go pick this up like (laughs) now, uh, you're crazy, right? Who doesn't want that? And even more than that, probably one of the most powerful things that we're going to be talking about in this episode is this whole concept of finding your erotic blueprint and finding a breakthrough in that because you guys know that I'm all about communication. Communication is what makes life rich. It helps us connect heart to heart, mind to mind. And you guys, even sex has communication. And Jaya, you've actually created an entire blueprint framework, a quiz that people can actually take, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I firmly believe that communication is key. And when it comes to sex, I think it's even more important sometimes than our outside the bedroom skills because it's a place where we harbor the most shame so we don't talk about it. So then we just fumble around and then we get frustrated and all kinds of other things happen or we think we're broken or wrong. So over the 20 years of working on people's bodies, I started noticing patterns and the body is communicating. We communicate less with the words that we use and more with what our body is actually saying, doing, experiencing and our tone that we have. So that actually is speaking volumes. And I was listening to people as I was watching their body more than the words they're saying. I'm watching how their body is responding to stimulus and then how people got aroused. And out of that came these blueprints, which then we created a quiz because we wanted people to be able to anywhere in the world, be able to take the assessment and go, oh, this is who I might be erotically. So, wow. And just for taking the quiz, people have said, I've cried. This has changed everything in my life. My partner and I are communicating on a new way. I didn't know this even existed. Mm. I thought I was weird. And now I, this is normal. Wow. That's amazing. You know, today um, you actually going to have an opportunity to take that quiz yourself. It's totally free. And uh, what's the website they can go to? Eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash Morgan. And uh, with that, you know, make sure to put that in because there'll be special opportunities when you take the quiz with that URL that you'll have access to. And you'll see me chabbering about about your blueprint. (laughs) Yeah, it's incredible. My wife and I have actually taken it ourselves and it's been so neat to even have language within ourselves. And I don't feel like I've been the expert in this area. So today we have the experts Mm -hmm. in this area. So tell me as we get going, how did you get into this in the first place being a sexologist and tell me a little bit about your mission. When I was little, I had three things I wanted to be, either an actress, a dancer, or Dr. Ruth. And I don't know <laughs> if you remember Dr. Ruth, yes, but Dr. Ruth. <laughs> she's still around. She's all those orgasms that keeps us alive and, and youthful. So I was a spot, I had, I had an aspiration to actually teach people about sexuality. And I remember having shame even back then about wanting this to be my profession that 
I told my parents that I wanted to go into fertility medicine because fertility medicine seemed much more, this was, I was like in eighth grade. Oh my gosh. And I was like, fertility medicine seems much more uh, a safe route to go and acceptable. tell people, acceptable, yes, <laughs> than saying, you know, I want to teach people how to have better sex lives and have hot sex <laughs> in eighth grade. <laughs> so yeah. Oh uh, and then the mission, the, the mission has been, I think I have several <laughs> at this point, but we're definitely very mission oriented in that one was about dispelling shame, that we were creating a conversation and community around sexuality because it is something that's so hidden, because it is something that we're told not to talk about because we have so much shame even bringing up the topic. Yeah, what an obstacle right there that you have to overcome, right? And if you think about it globally, I mean, not just here in the U.S., but globally. Different cultures have much more oppressive situations. And some cultures have less, but mm -hmm. there are some major hurdles to overcome there. And then, and, and I'll back up just a little bit because I thought I had that mission and that's a great mission. And I remember going through a period in my career where I wanted to quit, where I just was like, I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. Like I'm uphill all the time with our culture around sexuality. I'm, I'm giving up. And I remember being, I was in a Brendan Burchard workshop. I don't know if you, you know his work, but, and it was like, what's the big why behind what you're doing? And I remember journaling at that point, And then we had to speak it to somebody. And I couldn't even get the words out. I was bawling, crying, because I realized that the mission was bigger than just the shame piece. The mission was that every woman, every man, every gender in between feels 100% safe in this world to freely express themselves and that they're not judged, they're not harmed, you know, that we're actually ending rape culture in our world and in the globe. And when I think about that, it's my you know my stomach gets queasy because that that means laws changing that means major mindsets changing of the relationship around sexuality and healing major consciousness on this planet and that was just like because i thought i had to do it alone and now i'm realizing i have people around me who can help me in that mission and that's just uplifted the whole thing in the last few years wow you know, so many of my couples, they, they talk about how it feels like, sexually speaking, it's like all the stars have to align perfectly in order to find like sex is actually great, right? It's like, I'm, I had a great work day, I'm feeling in the mood, and so are you, and we're all connecting. And yet even still, it seems like people miss each other. And so these blueprints, I think, take a, an element of communication at a deeper level. How do you help people make the stars align faster, more yeah. frequently to one another? Well, I mean, it is kind of like sexuality and sexual communication is kind of like walking into a dark room. And to find your way from the door to the thing that you're looking for in a pitch black room, you're going to knock into stuff, you're going to stumble, and you may never find the object because there's nothing defining the journey, there's no language, there's no light. So the blueprints are a way of giving a very specific language to people's turn-on and their turn-offs so then you actually can speak like, this is what turns me on, this is how I'm going to get my needs met, what turns you on? And then you can articulate back to me, and it takes all of the mystery out, like we keep the good mystery in, the fun, playful <laughs> the mystery, mystery, the sexy mystery, but we take the shame mystery, the, the, the we've all been stumbling around in the dark mystery and give people an actual language to communicate their needs in a way such that they can get them met, maybe for the first time ever in their life. Wow. Someone said to me yesterday, this is like having a candle in the dark. Yeah. It's so interesting that right. you said that because someone said that to me just yesterday. And I think it also dispels this piece of I'm broken, 
I'm wrong. I think so many people out there think that, oh, I'm not having the, ah, you know, mind-blowing orgasm that Cosmo, Cosmo or whatever <laughs> magazine is on the <laughs> shelf there says that I should be having tonight at 6 p.m. from doing this technique. And you go home, you try it, and it doesn't work. And, and then you end up with more frustration, you end up with more disconnection. And more belief that you're broken or not normal. So I believe that in uncovering what your erotic blueprint is, it just shows you, wait a minute, I'm not broken. Wait a minute, I'm normal. Mm. There are other people in the world who are erotically wired or wired for pleasure the same way that I am. Mm -hmm. And now I know who I am, and I think so many of us don't know who we are erotically because it's not been a place. Like nobody taught you in school how to play your instrument or to how to play in concert. You know, like right. nobody taught you how to do that. So it's a lot of the issue is a lack of sex education, which then creates breakdown, which then creates belief systems that Isolation I'm bad, wrong, broken. I'm not going to say anything to my partner because I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want to feel like he's doing something wrong. The lack of education. And the lack of communication creates a lot of false belief. Wow. And then a lot of disconnection. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, personally, you guys have me on the edge of your seat of knowing what these blueprints are. <laughs> and I'm sure everybody was like, what is it? Now tell us. So without further ado, what are these blueprints? There are, what, five? Five. Five blueprints around communication. And so let's start with them. What's the first one? So the first blueprint is energetic. And those are people who are turned on by space, anticipation, tease, longing, yearning. And their superpower is that I can have orgasm or high pleasure or high arousal and no one needs to even touch me. In fact, being touched can collapse that energy mm -hmm. really, and kill their orgasmic turn on. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So hypersensitivity. 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 Their their nervous system literally takes in. It's like if we were eating cake. For an energetic, you just like present the cake, mm. and maybe let them smell the cake, but don't give the cake to uh -huh. them, <laughs> because giving them the cake would actually overwhelm overwhelm huh. their system. It's too much information. But just looking at it and longing for it and allowing their body just to digest that much is perfect. I call it assimilation, mm, where wow. the energetic needs to assimilate information. Otherwise, the shadow side of the energetic is they short circuit. So yeah. just to be clear, that we have the light of all the blueprints, which mm -hmm. is the thing that turns them on, and then we have the shadow side of the blueprints, and those are the turnoffs. You can have all the light of one and a shadow of a different one. You could have all the shadows of one, but it's your primary mm -hmm. and you're just blocked. From, you have the brakes fully onto your sexuality because you're just, it's all shadow. It's all the stuff that stops you from getting aroused, stop you from connecting to that. Light is good, shadow is bad, and there's both within each it's blueprint yes. is what you're saying. Yes, and, and shadow is only bad if it actually puts the brakes on the arousal. So um, in Emily Nagaski's book, Come As You Are, she talks about the things that put the accelerator on your sexuality and arousal and the things that put the brakes on it, which is a, a study that was done. Like what puts the brakes on, what puts the accelerator on? And what we've, what we've found, I think a lot of people who work in this industry have discovered is it's really the brakes, you know, that create challenges. So in each of these blueprints, if you hear like a shadow piece and you're like, oh yeah, that drops my arousal instantly, like for, for example, with the energetic, overwhelm. And overwhelm can show up many different ways of my nervous system is overwhelmed. 
I ejaculate instantly. Mm. Or my nervous system is overwhelmed, I go numb in order to deal with. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a trauma response, the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And, and energetics fawn a lot too, where their arousal's going down or something doesn't feel right and they just don't say anything and they appease the other person. Mm -hmm. So boundaries are also can also be a shadow point in that an energetic doesn't create boundaries to protect themselves, to help themselves feel safe so that they can flourish in their arousal. It's hard for them to say no or say stop or say slow down. The energetic really can actually feel up. like if they do declare a boundary, they're hurting, hurting the other the person. Other person. I'm saying, no, I don't want that. Now I've hurt them, and now it's, it turns into a caretaker thing, another form of shutdown. I know that in the quiz, we're not just one. We're maybe a, a, a mixture, a combination of exactly. a few. Are either of you energetic? And if so, how has that played out in your own story? <laughs> yeah, I am really high energetic and probably have been the majority of my life where I'm hypersensitive. I can think myself to orgasm. No one ever has to touch me. I, nobody even has to be in the room with me. <laughs> My work is done here. <laughs> um, so sometimes lovers feel like they are like a superhuman, like, oh my gosh, like this is, what is this? If they know how to play with me, you know, in the right way. So, you know, Ian has learned how to develop that. And we'll talk about that, maybe how that works with couples who have differing blueprints. My body will shudder, jerk, shake, twitch during during arousal i have so many people who are energetic go i thought that i was so weird because mm -hmm. my body will shake or jerk and even they've gotten shut down like what's wrong like why are you jerking huh. or twitching or some people have aftershocks when they have a really good orgasm but it's like that all the time for an energetic where your body can like orgasm is moving through your whole body wow. not just the genitals so it can be a very powerful experience. And there's a, an extrasensory perception that energetics have where we have a skill level of empathy of I can feel you, I can empathize with you, I can put myself in your shoes because they have such strong empathy that can also be one of their sexual superpowers is that they can actually feel what's happening in another person's body. So just to, to be clear, there's it sounds like within testing, there's a somatic body side, mm -hmm. and then there's a mental intellectual side, which is what this quiz really focuses on, which mm -hmm. is the, the mental side, right? Mm -hmm. So kind of two elements. When you work with clients, tell me about the somatic side. Like what happens? Like are you helping them with their body understand themselves and connect to see if their mental self really aligns or not? So the quiz is like this first step. It's what your mind tells you you're turned on to. And your mind can give you very different answers than your body's gonna give you. So that's the somatic versus the mind. And what we do once you start diving into our coursework or into the VIP work and the one-on-one the -on -one work or the, even, the, even our workshop kind of work in group atmosphere, we have a whole number of somatic games, ways of testing the body. So like body-based. Body-based mm -hmm. testing because the phrase for us is like the body never lies, right? Yeah. I mean, the body can tell tricks, it can do things because you might have shame, you might have some uh, physical trauma, things that interrupt being I'm, able to- I'm giggling to myself because I'm remembering stories of like people laying on the table like, and, <sighs> and going, okay, wait a minute, what's going on? <laughs> and it was, I don't want to get an erection or I, you yeah. know, like, uh, so, 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 so I'm trying to like not control. feel anything, you know? So, so there's a way, <laughs> but the mind is still doing that, right? The mind is saying, freeze up, don't show anything, you know, any yes. arousal, which then affects the body. But if I really get into the body, 
then we see the truth of the what truth. the arousal is in the body. And there can be non-concordance where the mind and the body are on different pages. But generally speaking, what we experience is that where I think it becomes most apparent is in one of the blueprints, which is the kinky. So when people often take the kinky quiz, they may have resistance to, to admitting like, oh, well, that turns me on, well, that turns me on. I don't want to well, answer that. They may that. not know. No, they may not even know because some of the things are, we ask physical based questions mm -hmm. and they've never experienced it. So they don't have a somatic experience of what that question means. So in the testing, it's hilarious because somebody will come up and they don't, they're like, oh, I'm not kinky, I think I'm sexual and maybe energetic or something. And we'll do a thing of like a thing and just be like, oh, you'll see it in there if you get the It's always the, the same face. sound and the same body response. And, and so it's just fascinating to me how how you can just see the same thing over and over again. There's like a, oh, like, like this grunty kind of thing that happens in somebody who has a kinky wired body. Like yeah. that's what happens. Whereas you do that on an energetic, they might jump out of their skin right. and then go numb, go or they numb. might Pick get up. up and want to hit me. Well, that's a great lead into probably the second one then. You know, so you talked about energetic and then you threw out a couple of other words here, but <laughs> you use kinky. I don't know if you want to go in that order or if you want to go to different We always have an order we, we go through, order. but. I think we should go in the order. We go in the order? Yeah. Go in the order then. <laughs> we'll get we'll to kinky we'll we'll in a moment, tease. okay? We'll leave you the tease. We'll leave you an energetic tease of the kinky. So yes. what's the second one then? The second one is the sensual. And the, the sensual, <laughs> you know, it's the all brings, of the yeah. senses. They bring the artistry to sex. Mm -hmm. So it's about anything that enlivens the senses, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, beautiful environment. Uh, sensual can have an orgasm by eating a perfect strawberry or, or a peach. peach. <laughs> um, the, so the food, the music, the environment, the type of touch for a sensual, like an energetics touch is to, you know, you can play with energy way out here. With it, I could be across the room with Jaya and be mm -hmm. playing energetically, erotically with Jaya. For sensual, it's about collapsing the space. It's about that, like, mm, Everything's oh, all squishy. I just want to be close yeah. and into you. Mm -hmm. So those are all, like, the positive turn-on aspects of the sensual. Would, like, lighting candles, music, setting the mood, yes. that yes. kind of stuff, would that fall in that category? Yes. So the, right. the environment is one aspect of the sensual. So it may be somebody who really needs, I call them toggles which is like outside world versus sensual world. Mm -hmm. And the lighting of the candles, the hot bath, it helps them drop into their body and feel. And sensuals have full body pleasure. So mm -hmm. energetics have this kind of ethereal, spacious pleasure. Sensuals, it's all about like body contact, all the way from the tips of their toes up to the top of their head, whatever that is, it's delicious. Mm -hmm. So, so it's chocolatey, it's strawberries, it's the it's romance, textures it's and fabrics. music, it's you can, dance. You can often notice a sensual simply by the clothing that they're wearing. They'll have different textures. They'll have layers. They'll play with, they'll play their... with their their. They'll, <laughs> they'll play with their clothing. Loud. They'll moan when they eat a piece of uh, food. <laughs> So mm -hmm. it's this tactile, it's very much in the body, mm -hmm. the sensual blueprint. And then the shadow side of that blueprint is caught in the head. The mind will not turn off. So the mind races, it, it says there's socks on the floor. It says, oh my gosh, I forgot to call that person back or, mm. oh, he's in between my legs and I hope it's okay down there. And you mm. know, it's, it's the mind continually going so you don't actually feel the sensation and pleasure that's happening in your body you're caught in a loop or a spiral or some kind of thought that is keeping you from actually reaching full pleasure mm. capacity. So orgasm can be elusive. You can get close and oh, a thought, and mm. then it goes away. Or, 
or you are in the throes of something really hot and then you have like a whoop <laughs> and you've lost you've left your body because you're off thinking wow. about something that happened or mm. it's like you get in your own head and you're dead yeah get in your head you're dead that's right yeah that's awesome yeah. well yeah it's, it's amazing so how, what do you do to help people get out of that like have all the right ways of the the light and mm. yet avoid shadow sides mm. on that one trick i've given people is to just because a lot of times what the mind is doing is looking for what's wrong with a sensual because right they're bringing beauty they're they're making and creating space and making epicness and so either you can call it like reveal i'm getting tension and i need to go change ian and i have a story of he's <laughs> between the energetic and sensual here with the energetic like over my vulva just like teasing me right and i'm just all like ah on the bed and and all of a sudden he just leaves me. And for an energetic, that is like taking a light socket and like just yanking it like out of the plug. Pulling the plug right out of the socket, right? Yeah. And so my body's like, <laughs> where, do, where are you going? And which can sometimes be good for an energetic <laughs> if, if you're really teasing them in conscious. Yes. And he was going over to change the music and he said, It's just my sensual. And now it was something I could laugh at, whereas before I would have been angry at him, like wow. abandoning or leaving or like short circuiting, whatever. The, it was, was the going wrong on. song. The volume was too loud, and I was completely like not able to ground and be present with her because this thing was over here distracting me. Mm -hmm. So there would have been a better way for me to actually exit from her energetic field to be able to take care of her and go and deal with the music and then come back and reground into that. And now I can appreciate because I understand that I want his, an energetic one's full, full presence, presence, right? We can yes. feel, oh, you're not here with me. We can feel everything. And so he's there and then I lose him, but I had already lost him because he was distracted by the music. The music switch in that moment for him to switch it, come back to me, now he's 100% present with me because he took that moment to switch it, to just do that. Now, there may be things that are going on in your mind that you can't change, fix, do in a, in a hot moment. And so I also give people a mantra, like start saying everything that's right. My partner is kissing me. That feels soft. My, you know, I'm really enjoying his hands on my body. Like start just finding everything that's right because what the mind wants to do is focus on everything that's wrong so it can be fixed and find solution, which then takes you down the rabbit hole. What a great tip. And I love the communication of what once would have made you angry <laughs> now made you laugh. Uh -huh. All because you had words mm -hmm. that had meaning that mm -hmm. were shared. Mm -hmm. You weren't speaking different languages. It mm -hmm. wasn't like you were speaking Chinese and you were speaking French. Like it was mm -hmm. like we were speaking the same language, which created meaning, which created unity. Or I'm speaking I'm French, she's speaking Chinese. Chinese. These are actually, we have equations of which <laughs> blueprint has, associates to what language. Um, Energetics so, are Chinese. So, this is beautiful French over here. So she's spoken those. She's speaking the Chinese and I'm speaking the French, but instead of having the same language, now I've learned her language. And, and now learned she's learned his. my language. And I could go, oh, cute French cute over there. Cute French. <laughs> I, I see how French. using your French, you're actually trying to take care of me mm -hmm. and come so back that you to can me. Come so back you can come back and speak Chinese. to me. Wow. Game changer. Uh -huh. Right there. That is so huge. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. So that's the second. What's the third one? The third is the sexual. And the sexual is turned on. It's what we think of as sex in our culture, right? Penetration, nudity, orgasms, climaxes. Mm, yes. Getting there, 
goal-oriented, <laughs> usually, for those things. Overt Very imagery. Very overt sexual eroticism. Um, Very to the matter of the fact, let's get to business. Yes, very simple. So the superpowers of the sexual is simplicity. It's simple, right? You put slot A into slot B and you go until you have an orgasm. <laughs> it's like pizza. You put some cheese on the dough and some pepperoni and you've got a pizza and it tastes the good. The best meal ever. Right? <laughs> so there's this simplicity that's beautiful and also a fun, a lightness, a levity. There's play, there's not as much seriousness to it unless we've got all the shadow gobbledygook. But in the positivity, it's just like, it's sex. Like, this is fun, bodies together. I love your nakedness mm -hmm. and appreciate that. And this is what we do and orgasm feels good. Mm -hmm. And now I can go rock it in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna so, say, so yeah. with sexual, interesting thing between sensual and sexual. The sexual needs sex to relax, like they'll use sex to relax and like ground and get into it. Mm -hmm. And a sensual needs to relax to be able to have sex, to be open to their eroticism. Oh, okay. So That's when you have those two blueprints playing with each other, you really gotta be cognizant of like one wants to get to it so that then they can relax. And, and the other one the wants other one to take the bath. Wants to take the bath <laughs> and need the candles. And in the shadow of the sexual, a lot of sexuals are in scarcity. They're not getting their sexual needs met. So they need tons of certainty mm. that the sex is going to happen, right? So if you have a sensual, <laughs> just thinking about years of getting into bed with you. <laughs> so Jaya's other, like Jaya's blueprint has shifted recently, and um, she's gone much more into sensual, mm -hmm. like energetic sensual is kind of where she is, but was primarily sexual for a long for time. Most, all for my most of our relationship. And a lot of that we can get into this story too, because there's, you know, there's like some real heartbreak. Is this a good time to tell that story, or yeah, let's yeah, do it. Let's yeah. Do it. Okay, mm -hmm. so me being primarily energetic sexual means as soon as I feel energetically turned on, I want to get to penetration. Like, okay, good. Now let's get to it. And I also initiate sexually because actually sexual was my top blueprint, even though I have energetic, but energetic was when I don't know someone very well. It's like, Turn. I'm very energetic. But with, when I'm in a relationship and I feel safe, because energetics really need a lot of safety, I'm high, high sexual. Mm. Um, another aspect about sexual mm -hmm. is for a sexual, sex is like, like food, water, it's like food, water, air. it's a need, it's a necessity. Without it, there's starvation in the body, there's starvation in the nervous system, like, you know, everything is off, like, you don't feel right in the world, it's hard to succeed, it's hard wow. to be rooted and grounded in your life. Mm -hmm. So for Jaya, who's a sexologist, we had been together for about a year and a half before we had our son. And of course, the first year of our relationship, like so many relationships, is like hot, it's new, it's like juicy. Mm -hmm. We're just so in love with each other. We walk into a room, or it's just like the smile of anticipation. We're like, oh my God, I'm so happy to see this person. And for anybody who's had a child, that is a big interruption, whether it's an amazing thing for you or really just very hard thing. Mm -hmm. And for us, it was a devastating thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we went from this hot, juicy relationship to to, yeah, on one side of the bed. Well, I'd come to bed and, come, I'd, and I'd touch his genitals, you know, get the baby down, da da da, you know, all that's done. You're a little tired, but I don't care because I'm a sexual. I need my sex. sex. And I'm a sexologist. I need my sex <laughs> because I'm incongruent. If I'm not having a hot, sexy, juice, juicy, hot, sexy, juicy, hot, sex sexy, juicy, juicy. <laughs> then I'm incongruent with my life mission and my work. And so I'd come to bed and I'd touch his genitals. And that to me was like, Initiation. Any man is gonna love for me touching his genitals, because right, I also had the mythology that all men are sexual, like me, 
because we think our language is the language. <laughs> and this is also how men are supposed to be. And so I'm touching his genitals and he's- at, we I would get, get agitated, I would get agitated. tension. Because I was, I was exhausted, like, you know, this is around the time of the economic crisis as well. My business that I was in at the time had, like, really taken a nosedive. We've got this new child, exhausted, and she's coming to me to engage and, you know, trying to turn me on by going I'd right for the genitals. I'd do it in the car, too, and he'd be like, what are like, you doing? I'm driving, and she just totally disconnected for her and had Jaya feeling like I didn't think she was sexy. I wasn't turned on by her. I didn't love her anymore. So, yeah, I'd roll over, and I'd cry myself to sleep at night going, I must be fat. He doesn't love me anymore. My, my What's vulva wrong is with completely me? messed up from having I'm, a child. You know, the whole broken story of I'm a sexologist. I know every technique. I was going to go <laughs> to three like, books on I wrote the book on oral. I wrote the book on touch. I've written this wow. whole thing. I know hundreds of techniques. Yeah. I, I don't can't get my own like, lover to, to wow. speak to <laughs> Yeah. And, and so what is the, what's the breakdown? What is going on that, and, and it was around the time that the blueprints started bubbling up. Isn't it beautiful how the universe like starts yes. showing you these things? And so for me, because one of my primary blueprints is sensual, I would come to bed and I would move in and I would cuddle and I would kind of wrap up around her and wanting to engage in this, you know, I was laughing because still in our sexuality, um, not so much now that you're sensual energetic, but up until about <laughs> six months ago, there's still this ongoing thing of like, I would roll into bed and I'm cuddling up to her and all this kind of thing. And she's going like, oh, he just wants to go to sleep and fall asleep and all this kind of stuff. Because cuddling to me is cuddling. Like it's not sex, it's right? Because yeah. I'm not hearing his language. And for me, in my sensual, the sensual always wants to meander. I don't want it to have to go to intercourse or orgasm. I want to find my she way there, unfold, unfold <laughs> in the mystery. <laughs> And that's my way of getting relaxed and getting connected. So she would do this thing where she's going for my <laughs> genitals and then other nights I would come in and I'd be like cuddling and trying to get close to her. And she thought it was- And I'd be rolling my eyes. Rolling your <laughs> eyes. And that's my way of coming on, but she didn't, she wouldn't catch it because we didn't have the language at that time. Yes. Uh -huh. So I'm expressing myself, she's expressing herself, but we're completely missing each other in this chasm of disconnection, a loss of love. Mm -hmm. My confidence was just like dropping through the yep. floor. So you can see like this cycle. We see it happen in couples over and over again. You just get caught in this loop. Like, I don't even know my way out of this nightmare. And I was, you know, as a sexologist, I was prepared for, I'm gonna have a baby. I know that there's gonna be, you know, some bumps around sexuality. I, I knew I had plans and everything for like <laughs> after the baby. Big plans. <laughs> but, I didn't know blueprints yet. Nobody was teaching this thing. Yeah. So we just didn't know that we were speaking different languages and how to then make that reconnection. And there's a happy ending to the story, of course, because here we are today, 11 yes. years later, and have a thriving, epic sex life. We had a lot of sex this week, didn't we? <laughs> 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 how long was that? That's three years. About three years. And it was really writing my book, Cuff Tide Satisfied, I was assigned to write about kinky sex, which is gonna lead us to our next blueprint. But I got assigned to, to write about kinky sex and Ian's primary blueprint, which we found out, was kinky. And he was even struggling with like getting an erection. And I'm doing striptease, right? So here I am like- Again, the sexual in, in, in a like G-string on the floor. Like, and he's like, you don't need to do that. It's too obvious. It was me speaking sexual again to somebody who wants like mystery and mm -hmm. beauty and all these other things that I wasn't speaking. Wow, well, how powerful. So let's go into the next one then, mm -hmm. kinky. Yeah. What is kinky and 
what are some misnomers maybe that people have around kinky? Do you want to take it? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the way that we define kinky, so kinky, you may be listening to kinky and you may go into this whole story of like it's whips and chains and pain and dungeons and this very dark, mysterious world. And those things are part of the conversation when you're talking about kinky. But for us, the definition is kinky is whatever is taboo for you. So we've had people, couples in our practice who have been going to the same restaurant every Tuesday night for 30 years and they have sex once a week in missionary position and that's their system. So once they started working with us, all of a sudden they try doggy style and that's really taboo. That's like wicked dirty for them or wicked naughty. And it's a huge turn on because it carries the weight of the thing that they weren't permitted to do or the thing that's outside of the realm. So it can have this very, very wide range. It's one of the beautiful things about kinky is that it is such a vast playing field. Mm -hmm. I could be studying in it for the next 10 years and not learn everything there is to learn and, and within that realm. Yeah, and we also break it down into two fundamental types of kinkies. You have the psychological kinky, so that's mind games and power dynamics. And then you have the physiological kinky, which tends to be more about things sensation, sensation based, mm -hmm. like and also constriction or the kind of like spanking or intense sensation. So you can be both of those types of kinky. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I'm both. And I have very specific things in the physiological, in the, in the, in the physical version, and I have specific things in the, in the psychological version. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very, very complex blueprint with lots to play with. It's amazing. You know, I have some of my clients that are um, female powerhouse women, CEOs, companies, you know. And they just want to surrender. And then they get in the bedroom and they want to surrender. They mm -hmm. want to be like, tell me what to do. Take, Take me. And, and it's like this completely different person in the bedroom than they are outside of the bedroom every other day. And then there's some shame or some confusion over like what is going on. Is that kinky? Yes. yes that's kinky. So that's the psychological kinky of the power dynamic, right? Of I want to surrender, I want someone else to take control, or sometimes we call it dominance and submission, uh, giving and receiving are control, other ways to say it, surrender. being in control, being surrendered. So there's many different ways in which it can look. But that power dynamic of I want to be bossed around, like Ian and I play that game, I'm like, boss me around. Mm -hmm. I want to be bossed around, and he'll, he'll boss me around, which really feeds when he's in a more dominant mood, it really feeds his like dominant kinky to like just have me to whirl up and do whatever to. Mm -hmm. And I love it because then I don't have to think, mm -hmm. you know, and it puts me into a certain state. And it's also a way to tie energetic and kinky together for us because if he's just telling me things to do, it's still tying into my energetic where mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily having like a bunch of closeness and touch, but I'm having all of this like anticipation, anticipation and, and like I'm doing something and it's turning somebody across the, it's affecting someone across the room kind of interaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's so powerful. What are you talk about shadow sides within each one? What are some of the shadow sides so, of a kinky? Yeah, shame is the biggest shadow side mm -hmm. of the kinky. So, I would say I'm pretty. I'm more and more out there in terms of what my expressions are and being comfortable talking openly about what those are. But there's so much shame for the kinky because it is the naughty, it's the taboo, it's the hidden, it's the secretive, and and in our culture and many other cultures, it's just not. Okay, so the D DSM, mm -hmm. the Psychological Profiling Journal, up until 10 years ago? It had, it had kinky, I'm not sure exactly what year it got changed, but it was recently that it got changed because that used to be in there as a disorder. And now it's not because the research was all pointing to people with kinky inclinations were actually healthier mental health wise. Mm -hmm. 
than other people, as long as it's not disturbing to you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So as long they as you- have a creativity in them exactly. that's actually Creativity, beautiful. better communication, yeah. there's a lot there. Boundary there. conversations, mm -hmm. much more clear. Mm -hmm. So the, sh the biggest thing is typically shame. So I already had some kinky that I knew about and I played with even when we first got together. Mm -hmm. But I was in relationship with him for six years before I knew how kinky he was. You, she didn't even have kinky I as one of the original blueprints. I didn't. It wasn't even in there. Because I'm a zero kinky, right? <laughs> I'm zero kinky on the scale. And you also you also had a projection of what kinky meant because right. of your tantra background, because right. of the healthy sexuality. To kinky. me, to me, it's not, when I first started my journey. This is many years ago, like twenty over twenty years ago. I thought it was abusive, like. Mm that's abuse why would anyone want that like mm -hmm. i just couldn't understand it i mean now as a sexologist of course you know that's part of the vocabulary and then kinky got added mm -hmm. my own partner was the kinky right yeah. <laughs> i had all the other blueprints but the kinky yeah and i'm stumbling on uh jack morin's thing the erotic the uh, erotic mind the erotic mind but the your mm -hmm. erotic uh, core erotic, core erotic theme. theme. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the core erotic theme is kind of like thing that the mind fixates on. Like, that's my turn on. I think about it over and over again. That can be a shadow. That can be a shadow of the kinky because you can get caught in a rut. And when you get caught in a rut, it becomes a, a, grave. a grave. And then <laughs> it's a dead end. Yeah. Because it's the only way you can get to your turn on. It's mm -hmm. like the, the, the raincoat. Uh, associated to like I have to have a yellow raincoat every time I'm gonna have sex and if I don't have the yellow raincoat I can't get there so for a kinky, that's a that's a, a potential shadow. And again, it's only a shadow if it's something that bothers you. So for like somebody who's kinky and has something deep and it's deeply shameful and then they can't tell anybody about it, that then becomes just like this pattern rut grave mm -hmm. that turn on. And then I'm date I try to date and I have all the shame. So now it just becomes this sort of isolating issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You talked a little bit about kind of bridging the gap of mm -hmm. you have zero kinky <laughs> and he's like mostly kinky oh, or yeah. is his highest one and he's got sensual in there it sounds like as well. We haven't even talked about the fifth one yet. but yeah. And his sexual zero. And his sexual zero. Yeah, all of this, <laughs> all of this So you're a total it, opposites. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. so this was, this was then, at the beginning of this year, our blueprint started shifting, which has been really interesting. There's a whole other thing about that, but yeah. We have been in the same blueprint pattern where he was zero sexual, I was zero kinky, I'm high sexual, he and he's high kinky. So you can see the disconnect yeah. in the languages. So mm -hmm. what were some other simple ways that you could bridge the gap to help each other? So we already talked about energetic yep. and kinky. So there's a really beautiful crossover with energetic kinky because uh, energetic has anticipation, tease. And I'd started to discover access to my energetic by playing with a power dynamic of withholding yeah. like teasing you give me some energy and then you take and it I'd away and i take it away but i would play with kind of like the taffy of it like uh -huh. the energy of like oh you want that oh it's so like the yin know. and yang of sex it's like togetherness and separateness uh -huh. like naughty and nice like intimacy and eroticism right mm -hmm. like, it's like even fire needs oxygen it's mm -hmm. all it's that that tension it seems yeah. like yeah so the um the when jai was assigned to write the book Basically, Jai and I took on a personal research project in our relationship, which was a 40-40 experiment around kink. For 40 days, Jai was going to dominate me and you know, work through all sorts of practices and techniques around kinky sex. And then I was going to dominate her. We take 10 days off, and then I was going to dominate her. So we came up with outcomes at the beginning of what we wanted to achieve. And one of the things I always wanted to achieve with my partner was that porn star, like... I would beg. I beg, like, oh, I want my orgasm. <laughs> he wanted me to beg, but me. I'm so easily orgasmic. I was like, 
Uh, I can have an orgasm if the wind blows the right way. So, so I'm, I'm, uh, we discovered so many things during this whole process. But 30 days in, I'm nowhere near my uh, outcome. My it's outcome of me begging. I'm like, and I'm oh. a little bit of a brat, too. Total like, brat. I'm a total brat. Like, you want me to beg? Ha <laughs> <laughs> And then I stumbled on the energetic tease. And I began to play with that taffy and not giving her what she wanted mm. in her blueprint. If I had done it through sensual through kink or, or even through kink, mm -hmm. like I was trying with kink. I was like, okay, I'm going to work up all this sexual energy and, and dominance and all this kind of stuff, and it didn't work. But once I played with that with an energetic, mm -hmm. I got her begging. So he was dominating. Wow. You know, he was still dominating. There was still the power dynamic, yeah. but it was because he, he wouldn't give me what I wanted, which was sexual, actually. So like he's doing all this energetic, and I'm like, please. <laughs> you know, like, I Touch me, it. ground it, give me <laughs> yeah. genital touch. That's amazing, yeah. that's a great example. Mm -hmm. So what's the fifth one? The <laughs> fifth one is a shapeshifter, and a shapeshifter is someone who is fluent in all the languages. So if energetic is Chinese, and sensual is French, and sexual is American English, and kinky is like a Persian, then shapeshifter is someone who's fluent in everything. Wow. So the shapeshifter is able to shapeshift. Their superpower is that they can be the ultimate lover, because yeah. right, if you're this, I can shapeshift. Yeah. If you're this, I can shapeshift. So that shows poses some problems with which I'll talk about but the shapeshifter also has the orgasmic capacity of all these right so the energetic orgasmic capacity of just like don't need to be touched necessarily the capacity of the sensual of full body pleasure the capacity of the sexual of just like zero to 60 you know like I can go for it and the capacity of the kinky to go into altered states of orgasm like subspace is something that the kinky talks about mm -hmm. or the, the creativity of the kinky and shapeshifters have ultimate creativity because they can do everything. Wow. So that capacity for pleasure where an energetic would short circuit, right? Like shapeshifters scare me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not in my work, but like in my own personal eroticism, even start to move into shapeshifter. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, this is new territory because they have massive capacity for pleasure. Their 10 minutes in is like a millisecond. They, they could be going for two hours and be like, more. I could have more. I could have more, 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 more. You know, the metaphor musically would be like a sensual might be like a three-minute piano piece, piano vocal piece. And for a shapeshifter, it would be a Beethoven orchestra going on for eight hours straight. It's a cacophony. Cacophony, like <laughs> yeah. dynamic, dynamic <laughs> movement. And, <laughs> and just like, and that thing, that, that endless pit of like, I want more, we're two hours in? What, we just got started. Where are you going? Wow. So it's a, it's a, it's a wild blueprint. And, I, and I, my energetic side has a little like envy too of like how can someone have their nervous system can take so much pleasure and so much sensation and give so much and the, but the energetic has that like, I, I just had a, like if they were music, it's the lingering note after the music has stopped. Mm. You know, it's like, <laughs> they're like. Or, the, or they're that note that's the, that, you know, how music comes to grounds back into the, the root yes. in the song. They're that anticipation, but as if that anticipation just kept going and going and going. And you're just like, yeah. oh, just drop. <laughs> Get out of the chorus and drop into the, yeah. into the verse. So, so shapeshifters are their shadow side. 
They judge themselves as too complex, too much. Most likely somewhere in their sexuality, someone said, you're just too much. So they shut down their bigness, which to me, their bigness is amazing. It's just erotic intelligence and erotic sophistication that they're like a sophisticated, you know, like a car that's like a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or some kind of hyper car. And they are finely, finely, finely tuned. And most of the time, nobody's ever put the full gas on. Wow. You know, or, or taking that to the full <laughs> to ride. The full ride. Mm-hmm. Or, or in music, you know, they're, they're a Stradivarius violin, but they've never had a master play them. Did you already say this about the shapeshifter that they, in their shifting to please a partner? I they, haven't. Okay, yeah. So the shapeshifter often ends up starved in their their sexual relationships because. Would this be a shadow side then? Yes, it'd be shadow okay. side. So you partner with, let's say, a sexual, and you can mutate yourself to be the perfect sexual partner, mm-hmm. but here you are with all the other four blueprints, or the other three blueprints, mm-hmm. not being fed and filled so then you lose interest it becomes boring it becomes it's like you're trying to be a kia when you're a ferrari when you're a ferrari yeah nothing against kias (laughs) (laughs) so trying the shadow side is in trying to take care of your partner um you're actually not getting fed 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 and filled Mm -hmm. so so that builds resentment in the body i mean a lot of the blueprints do build resentment but i see the energetics and the shapeshifters are the most frequent that they have a lot of resentment in their bodies Mm and the resentment is a starvation, they're the most likely to stray because they're not getting fed, but they don't, nobody has language, right? So I don't know how to say, I need you to be many, I need, I need 100 flavors, not just vanilla. And I have all this bigness that's not getting fed, so I need to be fed here, 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 and here in all these different flavors. But a partner can learn how to be 100 flavors. Mm-hmm. That's the good news. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And you can also learn how to have, oct- I always want to have octopus arms, you know, like yeah. eight arms. Uh-huh. So I'm like, how do I feed a shapeshifter? Okay, you this, 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 I get like get toys. Strap a vibrator and, I mean, to you've them, got, like, have all them use their of... own hands, play interesting music that has lots of variety, that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, one of, the, one of the things about the blueprints is once you know your blueprint, it is actually showing you where you're limited. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of thing. So like the sexual, they're missing out. They don't think they're missing out often. But... We didn't talk about the shadow. And of, that's one of it. Of the, 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 the sexual, sexual? has mm. such a limited definition of sex, and they don't realize that there's all this. It's like you see through one little frame, and you don't know that the rest of the world exists, wow. right? Yes. So the sexual in their shadow is sex equals this. If we're not having that, then it's not successful. And I don't understand you're having orgasms. What's wrong? You know, like yeah. that. I could hear that with a the shapeshifter. The point for sexual almost is, is, is the climax, the right? The orgasm. penetration, the climax. And so it's like, wait, what? What's wrong? Like I had a client who had a major health issue and had prostate cancer and the nerves were cut. So he could no longer get an erection. So he thought his sex life is over. He's a sexual. Sex is now over. I cannot get an erection. Sex is over. I taught him how to be an energetic. He's calling me up going, I just had the most cosmic orgasm of my life. Thank you. Because sex does not end. So that's that's a very limited definition. And we live in a sexual culture. So we all have that limited definition of what sex is, what successful sex is, what that means. And we think that if we're not having that kind of sex, that we're all the rest of us are all broken wrong. And I do see sexuals in their shadows say to their partner, well, something's wrong with you if you're not having what I'm having over Mm -hmm. here. And I didn't have any other partners who had that problem. So what's going on? And it's, it's usually just that there's a different blueprint. There's nothing wrong broken about anybody. It's just 
we don't have the language for the rest of this. I have some of my clients who wondered if they were compatible and should get married due to the fact that sex was so difficult. And so, um, you know, one person would even ask for a hall pass and step out from, you know, she with the man or something and step in with a woman. Mm -hmm. And the man confused and not knowing what to do, like, you know, allows it. But, you know, it's like trying to figure out like the whole point of having an orgasm was the desire. Uh I don't know if you've seen this kind of stuff and how do you help people even is compatibility a myth Mm -hmm. even? Well, we say that. We say incompatibility is a myth. Yeah, incompatibility. Incompatibility And and the whole thing about sexual compatibility, right? So I, there's a couple things here. There's the, there's therapists who just, again, we don't have this language. I didn't even have this language until it popped out in my life to help Ian and I, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the clients that I work with, where it's, well, woman, man, go home, make bath for a woman. Woman, give man blowjob. Like, that's the, the solution to, yeah. to all of our sexual problems. And it's like, well, wait a minute, I'm a sexually wired woman. If you make a bath for me, I kind of want to throw up on your shoes. You know, like, I don't want to take a bath. I want your stuff in my stuff so we're having fun. You know, like getting to climax so I can go rock the world. Like, that's, like, that would not work. And then there's this thing of, well, you're just sexually incompatible. And, and that is like saying, you speak French, I speak Chinese. We love we each other. We love each other. We fall in love. But we Are we now humans. incompatible as humans? I don't think we're incompatible as humans. I think I just need to learn Chinese and you just need to learn French and nobody taught us. And that's exactly what this is. And this is exactly what we've seen over and over again is he learned how to speak Chinese and American English. I learned how to speak French and Persian. Persian. (laughs) (laughs) And And, and that's the expansion principle. So the whole thing is like, I think the biggest downfall for couples who think that they're incompatible mm-hmm. is that is the possibility that one of them is not willing to do the work to learn the language of their other lover, mm-hmm. to step out of their own shoes and step into their shoes with empathy, with understanding, and willing to expand. Mm-hmm. So expansion, like in one of our courses, the Erotic Blueprint Breakthrough course, is one of the modules. It's like, how do you expand into another blueprint? And as I was saying earlier, once you know your blueprint, it tells you where as much, where if not more, limited. where you're limited mm-hmm. than it does about your own sexuality because it says, yes, this is your turn on. This is what you know sex to be. But instead of looking through that little lens, mm-hmm. let's open that up. Let's open up the aperture and like see the entire field right. that's, stand, that's in front of us and have an opportunity to play and discover. As much as I am afraid of shapeshifters, my goal is that everybody becomes a shapeshifter. <laughs> can you imagine a shapeshifter world? It's, gonna, it's just like <laughs> amazing. Everybody has capacity. They have multiple routes to pleasure yeah. and orgasm. You know, we're in a well, You might not of, get any work done, but. Any, <laughs> <laughs> or we'll all be rocking it. Yeah, we'll be rocking it. That's incredible. Yeah. I know those of you listening right now, as you're going through this, I'm sure you're dying to get into the psychological side for knowing yourself and then knowing your partner. Mm-hmm. Twice a year right now, um, these guys actually have um, eight-week courses where you can dive deeper into this for yourself. As we close, I know Tony Robbins talks about masculine and feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And um, what are some maybe myths or things with that around masculine and feminine energy that uh, you guys have experienced? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe all men are sexual or things like that. Is that one? Yeah, you know, that is one. Like, <laughs> that is one. Okay, or all so. men are simple. 
Mm -hmm. All men are simple. Uh -huh. All men are like the microwave and women are like the oven. No, <laughs> yes. I'm not a microwave or an oven. I'm actually a rocket ship. No, <laughs> I'm just an erotic being and erotic beings are complex. Mm -hmm. All of us are complex. Yes. The sexual is just as complex. I mean, I say they're simple and they're positive, but if they've got any shadow going on, there's major complexity mm -hmm. happening wow. there. So definitely I want to break down that myth that all men are easy. All men are simple, all men are sexual, because I think that that really is unfair on men. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of our clients, the women come in with, all men want something from me. Mm -hmm. They all want to have sex with me. They all, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that is so not true, you know? And that's what keeps them separate, right? That's what, because they're projecting. And I think we have a lot of projection onto our men that all men are this way, or all women are crazy, or, you know, like this energy is this. And what we've seen, what, how many people have we had fill out the quiz? 70 some thousand. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow, okay, way <laughs> higher than I thought it was. So, <laughs> so we got a lot of people fill out this quiz. 70,000 people, so you get a lot of data then. A lot of data. And, and what are you seeing? We do not see that male-bodied people are just sexual. We have different genders on there. I think we've got like 10 different genders or something like that. So, but most male-bodied people are not just sexual. Mm. We have a lot of energetics, a lot of sensuals, a lot of shapeshifters. The first couple of times I up. took the quiz, it's changed now, but I was zero on the sexual. So my access to arousal was sensual. My access was kinky. It was not sexual. Mm -hmm. I can get to sexual very quickly, but it's not my route to pleasure. It's now increased because I'm moving into expansion. We're playing with all sorts of different kinds of tools and techniques in our own relationship. How do you define yeah. the two terms, masculine and feminine? Yeah, so I like to think of it more like yin and yang than masculine and feminine because I think people do equate gender, gender equate. with it. And I and I think the majority of male body people really are masculine at their core, you know, but it's just not everybody. So yin energy is the receptive, the flow, the sensual, it's diffuse. Diffuse. The yang energy is more directive, more goal oriented, perhaps more action Single taking. Focused. Yes. So that's a bit of our definition. And, and I struggle with this conversation around polarity. I've always struggled with it. It's a conversation that works when people really step into the energies and play consciously with the energies and dance with the energies. Like Ian and I dance with it, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm in really masculine mode. I want to dominate you tonight, you know, or he's really, I'm in sexual, you know, energy. And we, we dance in it, and but we're conscious of it. I think mm. most people are unconscious yes. of the dynamic. And they utilize the concept to beat each other up. Mm. I see this over and mm. over again. People come to me and they're like, you're not being masculine and enough. How can I bitch. be feminine? feminine How can I be feminine if you're not going to step into your masculine? And it becomes like a badgering tool wow. of how we're supposed to be instead of a conscious dance of energy. And just mm -hmm. like in control energy and surrender energy, light and dark energy. We didn't talk about energetics because there's light and dark energetics. Mm. Masculine and feminine energies they're just energies that we get to swirl and play in mm. and get conscious of is more of where I lean with the when whole we, thing. When you're playing consciously with them, you can create the polarity, which mm -hmm. is that magnetism, mm -hmm. which is that thing of dominance, surrender, that uh, control. Let go. Let go. <laughs> um, so, and I want to add here that, you know, I was t talking about my sweet spot. If I get into 90% masculine and 10% feminine, it is danger. Like... I'm overwhelmed, you're gonna get nasty Jaya, you're not gonna get like nice, happy person. <laughs> and when I get there, it's like emergency alarm, like boop, 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 you know, like I've got to do something to get back into my feminine energy, dancing, making love, you know, doing mm. something, spending time with my best friend, 
doing something that helps me resource back into mm -hmm. feminine energy. And I think same thing with male, male yeah. body if humans. You know, what's of... your sweet spot? And it might be having a little bit more feminine. Yeah. If I fall out of my masculine, then that leaves her feeling scared. So if mm -hmm. I start going into like a 60 or 70% feminine, and this is one of the problems that we see with a lot of people in couples, is that men have taken on in our culture a lot of good boy energy. Like we want to get it right. We want to please our partner. We're trying to get it all right. And the, the dynamics culturally have shifted so much where it's no longer necessarily that the man is the breadwinner who's bringing in all the money and has the traditional role of authority in the household. A lot of that dynamic has been shifting. Mm -hmm. So it gets very confusing. But when you get conscious control of the energy, it doesn't matter if you're making 20,000, your partner's making 10 million. If you can hold those energies mm -hmm. and you can get into that power position, and consciously play with control and surrender and light and dark within the relationship, you can create that hot magnetism. And we have all sorts of tools and techniques of how you can do that for you know two years, 10 years, 20 years, and keep it hot for a lifetime. Wow. Yeah. So one more question. Mm -hmm. What would you say to people right now who's listening and they're like, one of them is like, I'm so motivated, but I don't think my partner is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So first I would say don't hallucinate. Make sure, because a lot of times it's hallucination. Like we project onto our partner that they wouldn't be interested. So there's a way of approaching and asking that I call seduction inspiration or motivation. So a lot of people think seduction is manipulation, but you can actually inspire or motivate anybody, mm. I believe, if they're willing, you know, if they love you and they're willing and they're, they're willing to play the game, you can inspire anybody into that state. It's just, how are you approaching them are you approaching them already with the idea that they're not in and they're in resistance and that your energy is already coming at them in a scarcity, afraid, blah, blah, blah. You're not revealing, you're holding tension in your body. They're feeling that tension. Now they think they're in trouble. Now you've got a whole downward spiral that proves your belief yes. that your partner is in resistance. Wow. So, so, you know, even just the way you approach of I'm scared, I'm like super excited about this thing and I'm really scared that you might not be like, I'm, I'm having a total hallucination that you just might go into total resistance about mm. this thing that is really important to me. So can we, you know, whatever also, the next in, in step the, is. Yeah, the next step would be revealing what the importance is of it to mm -hmm. you. Like this is, I'm scared and I'm scared because I really want to develop a relationship that has the kind of passion I feel for you. And I want that represented in our sex life. Does that sound exciting to you? Mm -hmm. So creating an invitation that's irresistible because it's, it's coming from a real expression of emotional connection, mm -hmm. an opportunity for the partner to empathize and step in with you as opposed to feel like judged, criticized. A uh, perfect example would be Jaya had gotten a contract to write the book on oral sex. She made an agreement with the publisher that she was going to do a 101-day oral <laughs> no, sex challenge. 90 days. 90-day oral sex challenge. She didn't ask me first. So she comes to me. And I drag like, in on an interesting experiment. <laughs> so she comes to me. I thought, of course, he, a guy, he's going to want to have oral sex 90 days, right? Again, my mindset the of the sexual coming yeah. in and saying, I don't need to ask him. 90 days of oral sex, what guy is going to turn that down, yeah. right? So she comes to me and she asks me and I say no. And the jaw drops. And like, what? And another potential for a complete cataclysm in a relationship because of sexual needs not being met. But and I've already got my story, right? She's got, she got the my story. My needs aren't being met here. We aren't having a great sex life. Da, da, da. What was going on? And, you know, it took our curiosity and our being with each other and being in this conversation of like what it meant to each other and all this kind of stuff to finally figure it out. So Six months later. <laughs> so she had actually come to me when our sex life was failing and she read a book called 101 Days of uh, Sex or something like that. So she wanted to do that experiment in her life. 
and get our sex life back in gear. So we jump in and I say yes to that. We jump in 10 days in, I fail. I fail because I miss a day. And it's like an all or nothing thing. So that was a total failure in our relationship and just created more disconnection because we didn't create a scenario where I could win. So I think a lot of people are out to prove the story, story they created in, about their partner, yeah, right? Yes. So my, on my part, I'm like, I don't give him any fail safes so that I can prove he doesn't really love me. I don't have you know? He doesn't and, really attracted to me, all mm-hmm. the stuff. You so know. that was a big moment of failure. And then she comes to me with this 90 days of oral sex thing. And I'm a no because what I saw was just another opportunity for failure. So it took us a while, and this is something that we teach in our work, is how you build winnable sex life challenges. So when one of you wants to experiment or one of your needs is not being met in your relationship, how do you set a foundation and a game inside your life where mm-hmm. you can start to structure a way to win with each other, where you can build the habit of success, of sexual connection, of emotional connection, of intimacy that's rewarding and satisfying to both of you. So it took us a while, but we finally figured out a series of rules to play the 90 days of oral sex where I could win, she could get her needs met, and we could reinforce we've got this. We love each other. We could change the story. We could change Mm -hmm. the story. And and I want to add one more thing here. It's another story around the same time was I made a decision that it only takes one person to change a relationship. And that decision was a really powerful decision. So I made that decision and I decided to dedicate a whole year to being 100% in and no longer telling myself the story that was going on and no longer allowing my thought process to go to, I should leave or I should, because I had one foot out the door, which then doesn't also create hot connection between the two of us, right? He's still feeling that energetically, still feeling that for my body, my body language that I'm somewhat, in, even though I'm not saying it, I have my brain out the door. So I decided I'm gonna stop those thoughts. I'm gonna put 100% into the relationship And it was October when I told him I'd been doing the experiment and our relationship had radically changed. Like this was the time that it actually shifted. We had done this 90 day project then we were in 40-40 project. And I made this commitment during that time that I was 100% all in both feet and I was gonna do everything I could on my end to change the relationship. He didn't know I was doing this experiment and that radically changed our relationship until October on a pier in Jamaica with a lightning out in the ocean, eating jerk chicken. Jerk chicken. Jamaican jerk chicken. <laughs> I told him I'd been doing this experiment. He was wow. like, I have felt like an insane difference. That's amazing. Well, Jaya, Ian, thank you guys so much mm-hmm. for continuing to share your wisdom so that we could be better communicators and ultimately have great sex. <laughs> and, and so um, real quick, Ian, would you share the, the website once again where they can go take that go quiz? Take quiz? Yeah, sure. If you go to eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash Morgan, you'll be able to take the quiz. So it's all one word. doesn't matter lowercase, uppercase, just eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash Morgan. Take the quiz. You'll get, uh, you'll figure out your blueprint. We actually give you percentages. So mm-hmm. you'll know your top blueprint all the way down through all the blueprints. Start to give you something that we call your blueprint stack. If you keep reading the emails, you'll start getting more information about blueprint stack and how to work with your partner and, and uh, make your sex life super hot and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to end. So, well, you guys go take that quiz. And uh, and so this is just the tip of the iceberg. It's just the beginning. For sure. And uh, we'll have some more opportunities for you guys to continue to grow with these phenomenal people. So cheers for now.